Welcome to Scary Savannah and Beyond. This is episode 30. Wow, finally a significant number. It's very significant. And I thought in honor of the number 30, we would do something that in no way is related to the number 30. Okay, makes sense. Everything I do makes sense Mm -hmm. to me. Might not make any sense to anyone else, but... I'm sure there's some way we could tie it to a 30. I'll think about it while you talk. You'll probably have some epiphany somewhere when I'm three quarters of the way through the store and you'll be like, it turns out the number 30 was involved in all of these conspiracies because today we are talking about a conspiracy theory. I love conspiracies. It's an oddity, I think. So it's close enough. Mm -hmm. It's messed up. So you can find us online if you go check out www.scarysavannahandbeyond.com or you can find us on social media at any platform with the username at Scary Savannah. Please go and rate and review our show on your podcast player of choice, Apple, Spotify, Podchaser, various others. That really helps us, and we do appreciate anyone that takes the time to leave us a five-star Only review. Only if it's five stars, though. Yes, we would <laughs> love a five-star review, so please go do that. And if you do that, send us a message through our contact form on the page. Let us know, and we'll send you some free stickers. You mean I'll send them free stickers? I'll have people send you free stickers. (laughs) Not a problem for me at all. One other thing before we get into the story, we do have a monthly merchandise giveaway. and You can get a cool shirt in your choice of size and color or the original Scary Savannah and Beyond coffee mug or the Layla and Coffee Talk mug in the choice of, it comes in a couple different colors as well. Lipstick stains not included. Go to the giveaway tab on our page and you'll see the instructions how to enter. And we would love for you to enter that and get on board with our merchandise giveaway. So how have you been this week, Crystal? I've been great. We got to actually spend the day in Savannah yesterday because we took the day off. And we got to hang out in one of our favorite bars, Poor Larry's. Yes, it's an (laughs) underground bar. Yeah, And I don't mean that in the metaphysical sense, whereas, oh, nobody knows about this because it's underground. No, they do have those too, but... uh, It's literally underground. Yeah, it is underground. It's in uh, the city market area, which Mm -hmm. is... We were going to be there anyway for an upcoming episode we're going to do, which we're not going to give away what it is, but we were doing some research there for that episode, right? Oh, we're not going to talk about that? If you want to, I guess you can. I just thought you'd want it to be a surprise. Well, it'll give them something to look forward to. Well, tell them what you want to tell them. We went to the American Prohibition Museum. Yeah. Which is the complete opposite of poor Larry's. Turns out we're... (laughs) We're wets, <laughs> yeah, as we're they the wets. say. We're wets. Everyone in Chatham County is. That's yeah. where Savannah is in Chatham County. So this week, we thought we would go into full oddity mode. And this is going to be a subject that I personally find fascinating and bores Crystal to tears. It doesn't. I actually like this one. Okay. It's Bigfoot that bores me to tears. Bigfoot does. It sort of bores me yeah, too. It's, it's just so overdone. overdone. Yeah. I mean, Bigfoot's so blase. Yeah, I mean... If he's real, great. I wouldn't even want to interview him. <laughs> if he showed up, Show I'd be up like... Show up on the podcast, Bigfoot. I'd be like, Bigfoot, come on now. You're ever done. I think your time, your 15 minutes is up. Yeah. So let's so talk literal, about a real conspiracy. Literal Bigfoot, not getting on the show. I'm sorry. <laughs> I can direct you to other people that might be interested because there are plenty of Bigfoot podcasts. Yeah, there's there. a lot of them. So what we are talking about this week, if you haven't been able to tell about... Oh, hold on a second. So how do you like our new color scheme? It's great. I look good in black and white. I know. You look good in color too <laughs> and black and white. 
I thought I'd have to take it as a blowback to the past because what we're talking about this week is the moon landing conspiracy. A blowback or a throwback? A throwback. (laughs) Could be a blowback. I don't know. I don't know all the terminology here. Okay. It's a very scientific subject, you know. I've been interested in astronomy since I was a small child. I even remember the last time Haley's Comet came by because it was a big deal. Do you remember that? I don't think so. I was too little. I was little too. I was only five. You weren't even born yet, were you? <laughs> yeah. Five or six. It was a big deal. It was 1986. I was six. So I was seven years old. You were eight. I was eight years old. <laughs> you were born in 1978. That's eight years. It depends on what month it was though, doesn't it? True. If it was after May. I don't remember what month it so was. you were seven to eight years old, we'll say. I was in that range, mm-hmm. that demographic. So you remember being seven and eight? Parts of it. I know you, you vividly remember everything that's happened to you ever since you were an infant. I do remember being five in kindergarten. I remember the spaceship, oh, what was it? Challenger. Challenger. Yeah, I remember that exploding. Yeah, I think we everybody remembers TV. that, though. But I was only five. It was traumatic, even for kids. Yeah, they quickly turned it off, but I don't remember this comment. But you don't, well, you don't remember how it was supposed to be a big deal. Mm-hmm. And they talked about it. And the way astronomical events work, they can't really forecast it. Sort of like the weather. They oh. would be like, oh, this can't is going to be a man. massive. Can't trust the Comet Man. Can't trust the Comet Man. Can't trust the Weather Man. One of my favorite songs. They had predicted, I believe, if I recall correctly, that it would be very easily visible with the naked eye. Now, mm-hmm. I could be wrong about that. I was young. Turns out it was a little bit of a disappointment. It mm-hmm. was not very visible. And I can't even remember if I saw it. But I do remember being <laughs> disappointed. <laughs> it was very sad for me. But... Around 1997, the comet Halley Bopp came by. I do remember this one. Yes. And it was in the sky for quite a while. And it was very easily seen with the naked eye. I remember seeing it when we were at Carowinds. Do you remember being in the parking lot at Carowinds and looking at it? Yes. I remember you could see it. And we saw it in my parents' backyard. Mm -hmm. It was just very obviously visible in the sky for a long time. Is this the one where the people and that cult decided they were going to like take off on that comet? Is this the one? Yes, that is the one. I don't even remember what that one's called. It seems like that's more to your specialty. Yeah. I just can't think of it right offhand. I'm sure it'll come to you before the end of the episode. Yeah. It's where everybody was found laying on bunk beds or something and they had committed to it. Heaven's Gate. Is that it? Heaven's Gate. Yeah. That's it. And they thought they were flying with the spaceship mm-hmm. that was flying behind the comet. Mm-hmm. You could see Logical. That, yeah, it makes sense. You could see this comet easily without any kind of telescope. Although I wish at the time I had had a telescope because it would have been even more intensely amazing for me. <laughs> I'm sure you would have been like, oh, yeah, it's a, it's a comet slightly larger. Well, I mean, I like telescopes. They're nice. <laughs> We had one that you could see the rings of Saturn and the moons of Jupiter with. Yeah, I did enjoy seeing that. That was interesting. So maybe if we play our cards right and you let me get it, I can get a telescope for Halley's Comet when it comes back. Do you think that would be all right? Depends on when it's coming back. Well, it's going to be in the year 4385. Oh, then sure. Yeah, we'll have a lot of money by then. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Assuming the Earth still exists at that point. I'm sure we'll be able to get some good shots through a camera. And okay. the fact that we'll already have learned how to cheat death. Yeah, I was going to say, can immortal. you imagine the cameras at that point? I, can, I can't even imagine. You probably won't even have cameras anymore. It'll probably just be implanted Into in your, your brain, brain and your eyes will just zoom in. We're going to go full on Borg 
we'll just all be assimilated. <laughs> so since then, we've been able to do some really cool astrophotography here on Tabi because when it cools off and we have clear skies, you can get some really clear pictures of the Milky Way. And I know I've taken some that don't even look real. They're so impressive. Yeah. And this fascination with space got me to thinking, we do stories about oddities, right? Sometimes. Exactly. Why not one about the most famous of all space oddities, the supposed moon landing hoax? On July 20th, 1969, the NASA spacecraft Apollo 11 landed the Eagle. Hence, the Eagle has landed. Commander Neil Armstrong and Lunar Module Pilot Buzz Aldrin both spent about two and one quarter hours together exploring the site that they had named Tranquility Base upon landing. What seems craziest to me is that this feels like it was forever ago. But when I actually look at the dates and think about it, it happened less than 10 years before I was born. Yeah. So I'm old. <laughs> Either it happened a long time ago or I'm old or both. I know, like when you think of the 80s, you think, well, that wasn't long ago, but that was 40 years ago. Oh my goodness. Isn't that crazy? Man, I'm so old and you're so young. <laughs> That year made a whole difference. One whole year did make a well, difference. A year the numbers and changed. Some months too. The landing was televised, and my dad tells me about it because he remembers seeing it on TV. Because he would have been 19 years old at the time when this happened, so he would have known what was going on. My mom was only six, so she wouldn't have She'd been about the age that you were when Hallie's Comet came mm -hmm. by. Yeah, so she was around six years old, not quite six, so she probably doesn't remember seeing it. Probably not. If it had been you, you would have vividly remembered it. Yeah, I think I would. But you didn't care about it, so you didn't try to well, look at everybody it. Everybody cared about the moon landing. They did. Everybody it was a very it. big deal. It was a major achievement in not just American history, but in humankind's history as a whole. Plus, as an added bonus, we managed to beat the Russians to it. So, of course, that was a major plus. Always a plus. I guess it would have been the Soviets because it was USSR. Mm -hmm. So. Not Cold War. Yeah, Cold War. And that's um, actually one of the reasons behind one of the conspiracy theories is our Cold War with the Soviet Union. So before they came looking for our Tybee bomb, they were trying to get to space. They were probably trying to fuse these things together and somehow create a massive bend in time and space and reality. <laughs> somehow they needed, it was like a side quest in a video game. Yeah. You have to go acquire the bomb. Then you have to acquire the space shuttle. And then you have to acquire the moon. Sputnik. Sputnik. Even though this may be one of the most impressive scientific feats mankind has ever achieved, there are skeptics who believe that, in fact, we never even landed on the moon. Do you believe that people think that in this day and age? Yeah, because there's so many things that could have happened. Like, I feel like people maybe could have been tricked. I don't know. But... It just seems like if it was a conspiracy, you would have had to keep a whole lot of people quiet for a long, long time. And I feel like someone would have spoken out about it at this point. Or they killed them. I don't think know. that if that's the case, maybe people were less likely to uh, bre breach confidence I then think than so. they are now. Yeah, I think so. Back then, for sure, you didn't betray, you know, if they said don't say anything, you don't. But, and I feel like, I don't know, it just seems like a very elaborate 
hoax if it was. If you're a man of your word, you're a man of your word. Mm-hmm. Back like then, John Wayne says, yeah. you don't break your word. Yeah, they could never get away with something like that these days, but maybe they could in 1969. I think it would be celebrated these days if it got away. <laughs> just, just looking at the way the world works. Yeah. Although there are some people out there that not only believe that we didn't go to the moon, there are people that still to this day believe that the earth is flat. And that sounds really weird, but it's like most things. If you read some of their arguments, mm-hmm. some of their arguments are kind of convincing. I know until you see a picture of the earth from space, but is it real? <laughs> but then you'll see the pictures that they show you that they sent up by weather balloons from space and it's flat. Mm. They say it's curvature. I'm not saying I believe that. I'm just saying everybody's yeah. got their own evidence yeah. that they want They've to point to. They've got some convincing things we've seen and heard before. Although there are other people that believe Elvis is still alive in a trailer park in South Dakota. So I really guess anything is possible. Hey, I've seen Elvis in Vegas many times. With so. the right mindset. Yeah. I don't even think he was a white man the last time we saw him. Mm-mm. He was in that casino walking by, had on a purple sequin jacket, asked about party favors. Yeah, he had plenty of party favors. <laughs> Whatever that is. <laughs> we didn't ask. Yeah. But before we go into detail on what we think about the plausibility of the moon landing being fake, which we'll go ahead and tell you we don't think that's fake, but still for the sake of the podcast, we have to pretend like it's possible. The jury's still out for me. So let's talk about some of the reasons why people say and how they say it was faked. Number one, the space race. One of the main reasons people believed the landing was faked was because of what was termed the space race. Around this time, there was a competition between two Cold War adversaries, which would be the Soviet Union and the United States. They were trying to achieve superior spaceflight capability. And what would be the crowning jewel or the highest achievement that you could get in this race, at least in the mindset of people at that time, and that would be to place your country's flag on the final frontier. Sounds like a man thing. The moon. <laughs> Which, yes, it's probably a man thing. But come on. Don't you and think it's kind of cool. cool? Yeah, it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. Optics were and still are a big deal. And this race was seen as necessary for the national security of the nation. And it was actually a huge part of the symbolism and style of the time. The whole space craft. But why is it national security? Because, you know, in this new frontier of space, it's a lot of this is what they call rattling sabers. So whoever, you know, they're showing their potential might. Because obviously... It's like Canis Mas Macho. Yeah. I I don't know what that means, but I'm going to say it is exactly like that. Okay. So it's perceived dominance, I guess. Yeah, that's what it is. Because if you think that this country, it's like we know that other countries have nuclear weapons and they know we have nuclear weapons... So it sort of keeps this balance. Mm -hmm. And so they're trying to say, and it's also a matter of national pride to say, hey, we're better than you because we got there first. (laughs) Because everything's a sports competition, you know, when it boils down to it. And that's my smacho. That's actually what I was going to say, but I'm glad you said it twice. This race was brought into the public conscience with the USSR's launch of the Sputnik satellite on October 4th, 1957. That was the first successful satellite launch and definitely put the Soviets ahead by a big leap. They then sent the first human into space, the cosmonaut Yuri Gagarin. Gagarin? Not sure how you pronounce it. I like the name cosmonaut better than than astronaut. 
Well, see, when I think he, they got us on that one. When they sent him up, it was April 12th, 1961. Oh. So a very important date to certain people. Who? Hopefully both of us. <laughs> he was in an orbital flight that made it to, quote unquote, space. Mm-hmm. America had to do something here to respond to this. And they had to one-up the competition. And so John F. Kennedy knew exactly how to do it. He set a goal of landing a man on the moon and returning him safely to the earth, which was no easy feat at that time or any time for that matter, especially when you think of the technology they had available at that time. Yeah. I mean, just look at a computer from the late 1960s. They would fill up an entire room. They... The Apollo program used the IBM 360-75, which sounds impressive. It had a whopping maximum of one meg of RAM. To give you an idea of how much more powerful our technology is today, my iPhone 13 Pro Max likely has more computing power than the aggregate of all computers in the world at that time when we landed on the moon in 1969. And that's not just their supercomputer. That's literally every computer that existed at that time put together could not outcompute my telephone. Wow. So now that we've talked about the why and what the space race was, let's talk about some of the reasons people think that not only did we not land on the moon, but the proof as to why they say that we couldn't have landed on the moon. The largest block that they think would keep mankind from actually getting there is something that surrounds the Earth and is inescapable. It's a zone of energetic charged particles known as the Van Allen radiation belts. And I'll put some pictures up of it. They mainly come from the solar wind and are captured by our planet's magnetosphere. Earth has two of these belts, and sometimes others may be temporarily created. These two donut-shaped belts are not part of our atmosphere. They're far beyond that. So they're not right in contact with the Earth. That's why the space flights we typically see are not in danger by them. They don't get out far enough to encounter these belts. Mm -hmm. For example, the space shuttle that we know about, the Challenger and the shuttles like that, Columbia. I'm naming off all the ones that had disasters, apparently. Mm -hmm. They would typically orbit the Earth around two to 300 miles above the surface of Earth. Okay. The ISS, the International Space Station, would orbit at around 250 miles from the Earth. It would vary somewhat over time. The innermost portion of the Van Allen belt is somewhere between 400 to 6,000 miles from the surface of the planet. At its closest, none of the near-Earth orbiting craft would ever encounter it. So it can be out there. All this stuff goes on. It's just so far away that the only way you would encounter it would be if, say, you tried to leave the planet Earth. And it's fortunate that it is this way because these belts contain enough radiation to easily kill a human being. But they were known threats and satellites are now hardened against this and other radiation to operate reliably. The Hubble telescope, for example, like some other satellites, often turns off its sensors when it passes through regions of intense radiation The belts will gain in intensity during events of a solar flare as well. So a solar flare is when the sun ejects energy, so it captures this stuff. So there are times when the belts are more dangerous than others to humans and electronic devices. 
But this did, in fact, pose a real problem for NASA, as they would have to fly through these belts in order to reach the moon, which is how far away? 238,900 miles away. That's right off the cuff, right? Yeah. You just knew that. I did. So an interesting fact, if you could fly to the moon on a modern Boeing 747 airplane, if it were possible, it would take you more than two weeks to get there at top speed, and that would be going at around 600 miles per hour. Mm. That's actually sort of less than what I expected, but it's how long our flight home from Vegas took that one time, at least based on how frustrating it was from that kid nonstop kicking the back of my seat. I slept like a baby on that flight. (laughs) You do sleep a lot on these airplanes, and I don't know how you do it because you can't sleep any other time. I know. Something about it's relaxing to me. I don't know. Maybe it's the excitement of nearly dying. (laughs) Yes. Puts me to sleep. You're more scared of that than I am, which is crazy because I was always scared, and we were at the airport in Vegas on one of our trips back, and they had the cowling of the plane's engine open, and we could see it. I'm sitting here like... Well, we're 20 minutes late to take off. Chris was like, they're pulling stuff out of there. Well, they were. And it's like, he's like, they're not going to send an airplane up if it could crash. I'm like, yes, they would. They got time crunches here. Well, if we, you know, lose one or two. Yeah. As long as we stay on schedule. Yeah, they got to stay on schedule. There's cost cutting measures these days. I don't trust I did say I'm have a couple rolls of duct tape. So he I'm said the guy was smoking was, a cigarette yeah, by the was, engine. He it's just, like, I don't know. He looked like he was really involved in the whole process. <laughs> So it took Apollo 11 three days, three hours, and 49 minutes to get to the moon, to be exact. Obviously, that's much faster than a Boeing could do it, but it would still expose the astronauts to the Van Allen belts for an extended period, which theorists say would be fatal. They say that we could not send humans through this radiation belt Because the massive amount of exposure of radiation that they would absorb would prove to be fatal. I wonder if any of the astronauts developed any kind of cancers later on. I don't think they did, did they? I don't think so, but I don't know if it might have taken a toll on them mentally or something. I mean, I think they lived a long time. I believe so. Did Neil Armstrong just die recently? Yeah, I don't know when they died, but I know that if they haven't died yet, they're still pretty old. Even though it still took them three days plus to get to the moon, this means that they were traveling extremely fast. So while they're moving so fast, can they get up and move, I guess? Yes, they were they were able to get up and move around just because uh, the way gravity works, I guess. Because like when you're in the airplane, they're like, stay in your seat and put your seatbelt on. Yeah, but you can get up and walk around, Sometimes. even though you're traveling at 600 miles an hour. But we ain't going hour. that fast. It's all relative. <laughs> it's all relative. And we ain't going through radiation belts. In fact, the astronauts did travel through the Van Allen belt. But I've seen a comparison of this to modern day, or older, I don't know, firewalking. Oh, so if you go really fast through it, it doesn't bother you? So in the way that that works, it's sort of like firewalking, which, yeah, you're right, Um when, you go, when these people would go barefoot over burning coals and come across being unscathed, it seems like, hey, it's extremely hot. It's burning. You touch it, you're going to get burnt. The reason that they don't get burnt is because, as you said, they move quickly. This doesn't allow enough thermal energy to pass through their feet in order to hurt them. If they stopped or if they moved slowly, then of course they would have been burned. But the whole point is, is they get through it as fast as possible so that it doesn't affect them. And the same theory 
also applies to spaceflight and going through the Van Allen radiation belt. They did travel through the belts, but they did it so quickly that it minimized the amount of exposure to damaging radiation. The hazard to the astronauts was known by the mission planners, and they even measured the exposure that they received on the trip. And it was around 0.16 to 1.14 rads, which is much lower than the standard of 5 rem per year, which was set by the United States Atomic Energy Commission for people who work with radioactivity. Yeah, I trust that. Well, they did. (laughs) So it seems that they would be fine by the limited exposure. Oh, you'll be fine. We do both know how you should trust government entities. Government. (laughs) When planning the flight, they also made sure that they took this into account. They bypassed the inner belt and only passed through the weaker part of the outer belt. I'm going to post a picture of the trajectory here. So it seems like they could debunk conspiracy theory number one with this information. They were able to skirt it, travel through it. They did get exposed. They did get radiation, but it was not enough to prove fatal because they went through quickly and they didn't go through the most severe portion of the belt. Yeah, I don't know if I trust that because after learning about the Conqueror movie where they were testing radiation, like radioactive um, nuclear weapons, and then they let people film movies and they're like, oh, no, you'll be fine. Like, I guess it's a risk they were willing to take. Yeah, so they were willing to put these men's they lives told on the me that, hey, you'll be fine. We'll go really fast through it. I don't know if I'm trusting that. So I don't know. So you wouldn't be an astronaut? Definitely not. Would you be a cosmonaut? Yes. You think that the Soviets would have cared more about the exposure? No. <laughs> I would just want the title cosmonaut. We're just going to cosmonaut. insulate this thing with cotton candy. Cosmonaut crystal. Fine. See, it's got a nice ring. Da, you'll be fine. <laughs> I don't even know what accent that was. Da. Another thing that theorists will like to say proves that we didn't go to the moon is that they will point out the irregular shadows. I'm going to show you a picture now. You can see Neil Armstrong's shadow and another object. It's on the screen now. So what do you think is wrong with this picture? Well, the shadows don't go in the same direction. Good observation. The issue is is that that the images of the shadows are not parallel. This is one thing that theorists say proves the moon landing was faked. They say that since the only light source on the moon should be the sun then all the shadows should be going in the same direction. Doesn't that make sense? Shadows always confuse me. So if they say that, then I believe it. And if that is the case, shouldn't the shadows all be parallel? Like with all the shadows in this room, I would say yes. Obviously, this proves that Big Alien has won and fooled millions of people for decades so that we don't find their secret base on the moon and ruin their plan for imminent global domination. Right. I think it's big government this time. In cahoots. Mm-hmm. Big, big Hollywood alien. probably had a hand in this. Big Hollywood. The people yeah. that made The Wizard of Oz. Yes, I think they had a hand in this. Everybody's involved. This mm-hmm. is going higher up than I even thought. Mm-hmm. So this is definitive proof that the moon landings were fake. Right? I mean, come on. How could this be possible if there was only one light source? It couldn't be because we have three light sources and the shadows are still parallel. It fools everybody. It does. To answer this question, let's see what National Space Center Discovery Director Professor Anu Ojha said during a 2019 lecture at Royal Museums Greenwich. That was a lot of words. 
I can't wait to hear what this person had to say. I'm sure it's very above our understanding of Uh physics. Okay, lay it on me. This is on the surface of the moon, but we can reproduce this effect anytime we want on the Earth, Professor Oja explains. You have all seen this phenomenon yourself, where, because of perspective, parallel lines appear to be non-parallel. If you are trying to reduce onto a two-dimensional plane a three-dimensional situation, you can make lines do all sorts of weird things. Artists have used this for centuries. So, in layman's terms, for me and you, Mm. go outside when the sun is low in the sky and see this effect for yourself. Just like the images from the Apollo 11, the shadows will not be parallel. Let's go do that. It's nighttime. Turn the sun on. Okay, tomorrow night we'll try it. What a scientific response. Everything except for that last sentence sounded like complete gibberish to me. Yeah, he lost me. What they said about this effect does make sense. So what do you think? Is this proof it's fake? I want to see this in person. Is this like when you stick a uh, pencil in a glass of water and it bends? That's refraction. (laughs) Yeah, but it's not parallel. That's all I I can see. (laughs) I think you've just unlocked the conspiracy theory. We're probably going to be visited by NASA or CIA here shortly. Another popular complaint conspiracy theorists will have is related to one of the pictures I'm going to put up on the screen now. Do you notice anything missing in this picture? Stars. I mean, other than the fact that you can't see Big Alien's moon base that is clearly located on the moon, of course. Is that where they hang out? That is where Big Hollywood merges with Big Alien and Big Government. In a crater. Crater on the moon under a glass dome. But as you said earlier, that's correct. There are no stars to be seen in this picture. And if you were standing on the moon that has little to no atmosphere... You would think that you would have a beautiful view of the stars in this perpetual night sky, wouldn't you? I would expect it. They say that because it would be so difficult to properly portray the starscape in a faked picture, which is what they claim this to be, they just didn't attempt to try to do it at all. This one is an easy one to debunk, and you can replicate this effect yourself fairly easily. Can I? You indeed can. Okay. When this picture was taken, it was daytime on the moon, so everything in this shot was very brightly lit. In order to take a picture in this kind of environment, your shutter speed on your camera needs to be really fast, and the aperture, or the opening of the lens, needs to be really small. Otherwise, everything will be washed out and overexposed. The side effect to this is that anything that would appear dim in this picture, in this case the stars in the sky, would not show up. If they had had it set for a long exposure, which is what you need to do, like in my astrophotography to capture the entire star field, then the brightness of the objects, such as the landscape and the astronauts and the things of that nature, would cause the exposure to wash out. It would just be far too bright for the camera to handle. So they had a very fast shutter speed because of the large amount of light that they had. And if you had tried to take it in such a way that you would capture those dim stars, then the picture would be completely unusable and the brightly lit subjects would have just overwhelmed everything. They also had no reason to think anyone wouldn't believe them, so I guess that's also why they didn't set up to take a picture of just the stars. Or did they? It's a good question. I'm still not convinced that it was real. Yet another popular thing that theorists like to point out is when the astronauts planted the American flag on the moon. So take a look at this picture here. 
You can see patriotic astronaut Buzz Aldrin saluting the flag during the Apollo 11 moon landing. This picture shows our achievement trumping the Soviets. We beat them to the moon, but is all as it appears to be? But what's this? Does the flag appear to be waving here? How could this be possible if there is no atmosphere and hence no wind on the moon? So how could the flag be waving on the moon, Crystal? Surely this must no be a setup. Idea. This sounds like it was faked. So as before, it turns out this one is actually easy to debunk. Oh. I'm going to pop up the picture again. Take a look at the flag in this picture and pay close attention to the top edge of the flag. Can you see the pole supporting the flag? They used a telescopic pole on the top in order to make sure that the flag flew proudly. Uh-huh. Because of this setup, it causes the flag to appear to be waving in the wind. And they the thought f- of everything. They did. And the flag has wrinkles which make it appear to be waving because it had been screwed up for four days en route to the moon in storage. Convenient. So you're not seeing a wind-blown flag. You're just seeing wrinkles. Okay. I guess they should have brought a zero-gravity iron to smooth it out before they popped it up, which is probably what you would have done. I definitely would have. But I guess they didn't foresee people having issues with this, but here we are. We're still talking about it. So even if these conspiracy theories aren't true, and these are just a few of the ones that are out there, one of the better questions is, if we truly landed on the moon, then why haven't we ever been back? That's what I'm saying. Why have they never gone back? Seems like it'd be easy to do now if you, you know, like if your iPhone, could, you know, we could just use your iPhone. Send an iPhone there. Yeah. Just put it on a ship. Yeah. Send it on a space. It's better than an astronaut. It can do calculations. Yeah. Robots and all kinds of stuff you could send up there now. The theory is that if we had the technology back then to get to the moon, then surely with better advanced technology, it should be easier. Maybe I'm not saying, far easier, but easier. This means we never went to the moon in the first place then, is what they say. The truth is, is that this was never meant to be the end of the story. There was ambition in the 1970s of placing a permanent lunar base on the moon, and this was going to be a stepping stone towards our next major challenge, trying to get to Mars. That's what I'm about. Terraforming it. I love Mars. Who loves terraforming Mars. I love terraforming Mars. So what happened here? Why didn't we go back? The answer is that America had changed its priorities. Convenient. You know that we were in the middle of the Vietnam War at this point. I do know that. It took a long time. Also, there was sort of the feeling that we had already won the space race because we were the first there. America's focus turned from visiting the moon to the space shuttle program, then to the International Space Station, which has actually been permanently occupied by astronauts since November of 2000. It was just not the focus to return to the moon anymore, so this argument doesn't hold. There's just been no reason to return to the moon yet, of course. It just seems like they could come up with a reason. It does, doesn't it? Do you know that Congress just had a hearing about UFOs? I didn't know that. They did. And it seems that the U.S. government has now admitted to hundreds of unexplainable incidents. So maybe this will be the catalyst for us to finally go back to the moon. Find that alien hideout. Yeah, maybe now they'll finally admit to Superman's moon base on the dark side of the moon. 
And this is how the comic book movie that we're going to end up really living in starts. So the supervillain should show up any minute now. Hopefully they won't come next week and say that they've spotted something. Because if they do, you know what it means. We're doomed. (laughs) People even claim that the entire moon landing was a hoax perpetrated by the U.S. government through Hollywood. I knew it. Big Hollywood, I told you. Wizard of Oz people are on this. Claims have been made that some of the scenes were actually animated. Maybe Disney had a hand in it. Oh, big Disney. Also, some theories say that Stanley Kubrick himself, he of a clockwork orange fame, assisted the government in creating realistic footage of the moon landing. I know how that works, too. (laughs) He created the movie 2001, A Space Odyssey, which was released in 1968. So, of course, people think that he had a hand in orchestrating this entire event. But that's just people trying to come up with theories. And it seems anything on this scale brings out some people with alternate ways of thinking. My favorite people. So, Crystal, after what we've seen and talked about, do you think the moon landing was real? Why or why not? I'm really not sure. Like, I wouldn't bet my life on it. I probably think it's true that they did land on the moon because it seems like someone, you know, there would be documents. Something would have leaked out by now, unless it was like the movie we watched, which we'll talk about later. But yeah, I would say we probably did land on the moon. I think the only reason I would say definitively that I think we did is what you had mentioned. I just think if we had faked it, it would have been on such a large scale and there would have to have been so many people willing to stay silent for so long, for so long that it just logistically seems like it would have been impossible. But if people started like a random person came out and like said that it was fake, they would just be like, Oh, that person's crazy. Or, you know, and then who knows, maybe a lot of these people have signed confessions waiting to go so that when they hit their deathbed and die, it's just going to like show up and be like, this is how and why it was faked. Yeah, that would be interesting. Could be a good story. Yeah. Got a book written already. (laughs) Turn off podcast. (laughs) Go write your book. So now we've come to the part of the show where we like to call, insert graphic here, what what we're we're watching. watching. So I wanted to watch a movie that related to the moon landing as I thought it would be fitting based on what we talked about today. And I even found one that's about the fake moon landing. It did. So to speak. And it was really interesting. The movie is the 2016 comedy-slash-drama-slash-mystery Operation Avalanche. This was a really interesting movie. It opens in 1967, and the CIA has learned that there may be a mole in NASA from the Soviet Union. Two young CIA agents go undercover as an educational documentary filmmaking team at NASA to try to catch the mole, as they reason that if anyone from the CIA, like an actual operative, went in, they would be detected by the mole because they were going to be able to pick out hardened CIA agents they would know. And so their theory was, send in people who are clueless and don't know anything, and no mole's going to suspect that. Somehow, they convinced their boss to buy into this, Mm -hmm. and so he agreed and allowed them to go do that. They soon find out, for whatever reason, they decide to wiretap phones. I guess it's because they're They're actually CIA agents. They're trying to find the mole. They found out by wiretapping a phone that the director of NASA is talking with someone 
And they're saying that they don't actually have the technology yet to land man on the moon. Yeah, they can get they them there. They would be there like 1971 and they wanted to finish it before the end of the 60s. Because of Kennedy's promise. Mm-hmm. So we had to live up to that. In this decade. Decade. <laughs> so then you got to thinking, if they can't land on the moon and they have to make it happen, what if they just fake it by filming it and creating a fake amount of film? And they're... Their thought is, hey, we can get to the moon. We can orbit it. Orbit the moon. We just can't land. land. So we'll pre make this film of the landing and we'll transmit it back at a certain point. And so that is how the movie progresses. They decide to go in and get the okay to maybe approach that path. The movie does start off pretty lighthearted, I thought. But as it goes on, it gets more and more serious. And towards the end, it even takes on many aspects of a horror movie, actually, sort of surprisingly. Yeah. They ratchet up the tension quite a bit yeah. in this movie. So, Crystal, what did you think about this movie, and what is your dog treat rating? I would give it a nine. I liked it. I thought it was actually plausible. I mean, they came up with like some good ideas because, like, they made the footage, and while the shuttle would be going behind the moon on the dark side, is when they would upload the film. And switch, and they said that even Mission Control wouldn't know that it was fake. They would all believe it, so that would be why. And so only the astronauts themselves. Only the astronauts and the head of NASA would would be in on it. So that's only four people you have to keep quiet. So And they know they got to stay quiet. Yeah. Or they'll end up dying of mysterious causes. So everyone else in the whole world, including Mission Control, would think it was real because they had like actual data from the moon that they were the telemetry yeah. and all the readings from mm-hmm. the, the craft because of all the Apollo missions before that, they sort of knew what to expect and when they would and would not have been able to communicate yeah. with the device. And in the, in the movie, they uh, used Stanley Kubrick's uh, technology or whatever, like his tricks, his camera tricks. They built a little studio and like he even went to England and, watch the like the making of the movie so that yes. he would be able to fake it and they like I don't know I don't think it's actually what they would have done but it's a good no, know, there's some scenes in it that were impo- improbable mm-hmm. like for example they're tailed or they think they're being tailed by agents at one yeah. point and one of them literally parks his car right in front of the building where he could easily be seen yeah so I don't know why a secret agent would feel the need to do that, mm-hmm. or but uh, maybe I just haven't absorbed the whole plot yet. I don't want to give away too much because yeah. this is a movie I recommend you watch. Yeah, it was good. Whether or not you care anything about the moon landing conspiracy or even know about it or are very familiar with it, it's a, it's an entertaining movie, I yeah. thought. Even though they are documentary people in the movie, it's still sort of shot like a documentary movie throughout. Yeah, like the film, the camera guy is following them around the whole time, so it looks like a documentary. It's like a serious office mm-hmm. is what it is. And by the time it gets near the end, I, I was really getting sort of nervous there. Yeah. I didn't know what was going to happen. <laughs> yeah, I'm still not sure what happened. I like the ending. I thought the ending of the show was good. I'm still not sure what happened. I don't think that you're supposed to know oh, what happened. It's like one of those I have to decide You for have myself. to think about it. And figure it out for yourself. So I'm going to give this movie a 10 out of 12 because I enjoyed it. have to one up me. It was going to be 10 before you said it. Okay. I enjoyed the movie. I really loved the way they tried to make it look like an actual film from the late 60s is what it looked like. They used a lot of John Fogarty songs, which I appreciate. They used some 
Creedence no songs. They had that going. And the style and decor seemed to be right on. Yeah. They got it all right from what I saw and what I know. <laughs> what we know about the 60s. It looked pretty good. Which uh, is um, Mad Men. <laughs> it's it, it was an entertaining movie and it was an interesting premise. And they set it up in such a way that you're like, you know, this could possibly have been what happened. Yeah, like Maybe. I could be convinced. I could be convinced based off of this. So definitely give this movie a watch if you can. And that's going to bring us to the portion of our show that we like to call Layla, Layla and, and Coffee, Coffee Talk. Talk. So, Crystal, your beasts have been extra bad this week. Yeah, they're currently barking randomly outside the door. We let them in here and they were like... Knock the camera and over. And they move the camera and they won't be still. So, they're fit to be tied. We actually left Coffee and Layla home yesterday for several hours with Elijah. They weren't alone, but they don't like it when we leave for any amount of time. Especially, especially if they see a suitcase. Yeah, they saw us pack a suitcase and that was the end of that. So when we got home, we found my brand new slippers that you got me for Mother's Day. Destroyed. Destroyed. It was the like little the, pom-pom was gone. Yeah, they were gone. so fluffy. I think and she ate it. I found it, finally. Oh. Okay. But I, I've never found the other slipper, though. I only found one slipper. She may have eaten that one. Yeah, so I don't know what happened to that. And Layla has decided that she wants to go on a walk at 6 o'clock in the afternoon. And we were busy today, so she hasn't got to go yet. And she's, she's still not over that. Yeah, she's been pouting ever since. It's like she, she, she has. She's, she's been pouting like a child. Mm-hmm. She's walking around whimpering. It's like having two toddlers all over again. I've been through this before. Yeah, and you know how to handle a terrorist now. And don't, you don't negotiate, negotiate with, with them, them, but we're going to as soon as this is over. Advice, don't negotiate <laughs> with terrorists. But as soon as this is over, we got to go take yeah, them. Because she's going to go take them for a walk. No, I can't walk both of them by myself. You couldn't walk one of them if you didn't have the right no, leash on her. No, Coffee by herself would be a handful. Yeah, so we know better than to leave ever again. Just don't ever leave the house unless <laughs> we they have with to us. take them with us, yeah. So you can find us online if you look for ScarySavannahAndBeyond.com or on all social media platforms looking for the user at ScarySavannah. Make sure to go look at our merchandise giveaway. Go to our webpage, go to the giveaway tab, follow the easy instructions, and you too could win a shirt or a coffee mug. You can also find other merchandise in our merch store. There's a tab for that on our website as well. If you want to buy my lovely co-host a coffee, if you look down in the bottom left-hand corner of your screen, you'll see this icon on a web browser. Click on that. You can buy her some coffee. It would be greatly appreciated. If you'd like to leave a message for us on the bottom right-hand corner of your browser, you'll see that icon. Click on that, and you can send us a message. You don't have to log in or give away any personal info. You can just send it right through that. You can also contact us on our webpage on our contact tab. And our phone number's on there as well. If you want to give us a call, that number goes right to voicemail. So that just leaves us with the one last thing, I think. Join us next time in Savannah, where the ghosts and the good times live on. Except, you know, who don't? Big alien? Anybody that was a cosmonaut. They're all gone. <laughs> Turns out it's a very dangerous Anyone line of work. Anyone who crossed big government. That's right. Big government with big alien, big Disney up there, big Hollywood planning big things. We got to go. They're probably sending agents to us right now. I got to go check some shadows of the moon. We're going to go get parallels. I got to get parallels. Parallels.